Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Episode 601 of my podcast, Home Intelligent Rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network and the longest running single host of pop culture podcast in Ontario. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Terrific show lined up for you today. Hope you all enjoyed the extra I did last week, my review with Mike from The Cool Factor. He was, you know, just a pleasure to talk to and I hope to have him back on the show sometime very soon. Now, what you heard last week was just part one of our discussion. There is a part two I'm putting together, and I will have that on the show very soon, possibly as early as next week for another extra. We'll see. But in addition to Mike, as I keep saying, I'm trying to bring interviews back to the show because it was a staple for the longest time, but just life happens. Um, in, in my ongoing efforts to do that, I'm going to bring another guest. I, I did another interview very recently uh, with a with a person who's been on the show quite a few times before, and that is the lovely and talented Dr. Rebecca Housel. Had a great discussion with her about um, the whole um, global pandemic and how that's affecting the entertainment industry. And so I'll have that conversation for you guys in another edition of Extra very, very soon. Talk about a lot of things and how soon Hollywood is going to get back to doing stuff. And in addition to the audio portion of that, I may be putting up the video portion on YouTube as well. That's something I'm debating. If I do, of course, you'll be able to see a link to that in the usual places I put in links. And I'll talk and I'll tell you about that at the end of the show. So, what's coming up on this program? Well, I got a lot to talk about. We're going to go back in time to the 1990s for another look at Clueless on Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment, the 25th anniversary edition of Clueless, and I'll give you my take on that and the history of that movie with the show. Then we go from Clueless to a man who sometimes seems rather clueless in his own inevitable way it is you'll have my season 10 review on dvd of curb your enthusiasm courtesy of the great folks at hbo home entertainment starring larry david one of the co-correct co-creators of seinfeld then we go from the 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 interesting way that <laughs> larry david looks at life to a very interesting town from my blu-ray review of castle rock the complete first season and that was courtesy of my wallet. I did get the um, season two of that show sent to me, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. 
But before I can talk about season two, we need to talk about season one. So that'll be on this show. And then I'll tell you more about season two and my plans for that at the end of this program. And to top things off, speaking of bringing things back to the show, we're going to bring back uh, something. I'm going to try to, anyway, first foray into it. Of, of reviews I haven't done quite some time to top off the show today. You could have not one, but dose reviews of, um, of from the great folks at Big Finish Audio. And this time around, you're going to have my review of the 8th Doctor Who series Stranded, Series 1, and, and also my review of Torchwood, Dinner and the show. I'll have both reviews, two reviews for the price of one today as we make a return, hopefully, to the world of Big Finish. That's all on this episode of Ramble with Russell. So we got a lot to talk about, only so much time. So I'm going to take a quick little, quick little musical interlude right up with the first review of the show. Movie review for this episode is Kalula's 25th anniversary edition, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, long term listeners to the show will say, Hey, Russ, you reviewed this thing before. And yeah, I did. Way back in 2012, I did review Clueless on Blu ray. So if you've been listening to me that long, one, bully to you. And, um, and yeah, I have talked about this before, but I thought, you know, Paramount was nice enough to send this to me again. I would talk about this for any kind of new listeners out there and, and, you know, and, and tell you if, if this is worth, you know, buying again, is this an upgrade from the previous release? Cause you know, as a consumer, I always ask that question too. So, you know, I'm a consumer for you guys as much as I am for me. So, for those of you who maybe haven't heard, and, and, you know, Clueless is one of those movies that, you know, it's been around for 25 years, but I don't know how much of a modern audience knows, like teenagers today know about this movie. The movie, you know, uh, primarily stars Alicia Silverstone. She plays the uh, character of Cher <laughs> and her best friend Dion, whom they explain in this were named after... Uh, singers who now do commercials, which at the time actually was very true. Cher and I think Dion were doing infomercials. So there you go. And it follows her adventures uh, in teenagehood. Now, uh, so Alicia Silverstone plays Cher. Dion is played by Stacey Dash. And and the, the primary focus of this movie, besides giving a reflection of, of the 90s, is is that a uh, new girl moves into town, Ty, played by Brittany Murphy, and then Cher and Dion take it in, a, in, in their, they, 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 they basically choose Ty as their project. Because the new girl comes in, she's from the East Coast, and doesn't really fit in well, so they kind of take her on as a pet project. Now also, uh, this movie was directed and written by Amy Hackenberg, uh, actually, no, Amy Heckerling, and she was the person previously to this was in charge of Fast Ma Times Ridgemount High. So, you know, she she kind of knows the she knew the language of teenagers back in the day, if you will. So uh, also in this movie, you have Paul Rudd, a very young Paul Rudd. This is way before Ant Man. Paul Rudd, who plays Josh, who is and and this is careful to note this at the beginning of the movie. In this movie, he plays Cher's stepbrother, but not a biological stepbrother. 
uh, in, in the movie, Cher's father, Mel, who's played by, you know, uh, a veteran actor, Dan Hedaya, which who, who's, he's been in a number of stuff. And I best remember him as Nick Tortelli, who was the deadbeat husband to, um, to Carla in Cheers. Um, so, so, um, in this movie, her dad, it was a very rich kind of, um, trial lawyer. He, um, the, the way she's, the way it ties into Josh is, um, Mel, her father was when, at one time married to Josh, but then since had divorce, but and here's the big note to this. Cause if you don't pay attention to this, at the beginning, you're like later on, you're feeling, what the Josh is is not biologically related to Cher. At one time, Cher's dad was married to Josh's mother, but biologically, um, Mel is not Josh's father. She, she is Josh's... So, so in this... And this is important. I know I'm making... It's important to know this because later on. Uh, it's So, in the movie... Josh is is Mel's stepson, but not biological son. So son he gained because he married Josh's mother. So we never really find out what happened to Josh's biological father in this whole movie. That's just like you leave it to your imagination. <laughs> so that's the case. And when when you first get introduced to Josh, you know he he's like oh this kind of older guy. And Cher, you know, is annoyed that he's there. And he, he's, he's visiting at the start of this movie because he's going to school and his dad needs, and, and Mel needs some help with some, like, lawyer stuff. And, and Josh has come back because he's in school for it and he's lending a hand. So that's the premise of this. He comes back into town. And at first, Cher's like, I, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. But, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, it's a movie. And and what's the rule in movies that typically typically and rom coms especially people, if the start of a movie two characters hate each other, then by the end of it they are just you know, <laughs> not enemies anymore. Let's put it that way. So that's 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 how this movie goes. So you have that going on, and then you know have a, then you you get introduced to the the high school. It's very much you know a Beverly Hills kind of high school. Uh, also other characters in this, you have Wallace Shawn is in this as, um, uh, Mr. Wendell Hall. Wallace Shawn has been in so many movies and the director really likes him because she's, he's been in quite a few of her features. And of course, I always remember Wallace Shawn as, as the man from Princess Bride who said, inconceivable. So there you go. So he's in this. Uh, you also have a lot of young actors got their starts in this as well, too. Uh, because Brecken Meyer is in this as Travis. You have, um, uh, you also have, uh, a few other actors in this as well that, that like, uh, Donald, uh, on as Murray. So a lot of these actors went on to it. Now in doing research for this, the one person in this, that, that didn't go very further and it's not her fault, unfortunately, was the actress Brittany Murphy. Brittany Murphy. Because I always like to look at where these people have gone. Unfortunately, her career uh, got kind of cut short um, when she died at the only the age of 32 in 2009. So after 
you know, after Clueless, she had a, a pretty decent career going, you know, up until that point. She was, you know, in, in, in quite a few movies here and there and, and was doing pretty well for herself. And the last thing she did was she did some voice work in um, King of the Hill from, uh, yeah, so that was the last work she did was voice work in King of the Hill. And then she was in, you know, a bunch of other movies, even did some voice work for Futurama, which is kind of cool. But unfortunately, uh, it just, luck of the draw, and, and you really notice this, by the way, in the extras, because you, you watch the extras for this, and it's like, wow, they interview everybody except for her. And the reason for that and, and you know, you got to love IMDb when it comes to that. The reason for that is at that very young age of 32, and, you know, in my opinion, 32 is still pretty dang young to be uh, dying. <laughs> at, um, at 32, she, um, she did not meet a kindly end. Um, on December 20th, 2009, she said the LAPD in Los Angeles County Coroner closed the case with an hour uh, attributing your death to pneumonia and, and anemia. And then, then five months later, Brittany's, uh, after her unexpected device, her husband, Simon Monjack, I think I'm pronouncing it right, uh, was found dead in the house he shared with Brittany. And, and it found out that the, the coroner stated that Simon had also died from the ex same exact cause as his wife, uh, namely pneumonia and anemia. And, and neither of these two uh, were given a thorough or complete forensic autopsy for, for reasons um, behind the sudden demise, which is somebody who's dropped the ball there. And, 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 and there's belief that they were actually murdered. Because there was abnormally, suddenly I'm a crime show, uh, abnormally high levels of heavy metals and poisons that were discovered in her hair, tested by two other independent forensic labs uh, with, uh, with a famed pathologist attorney, Cyril Witchett, concluded from the, from the appearances. So she could have been like murdered and then, and, and then she could have been murdered and she should have been exhumed. But they, um, so that's kind of the latest stand in that. I don't have any more details. That's all courtesy of IMDb. So craziness when it comes to that. It's just stuff that happens to, to Hollywood people. So, you know, other than that, uh, most of them did, did well uh, after. There are some actors who they had this movie and then... They just really, really didn't go any further than that. And that, you know, that happens. For every successful actor, <laughs> there's always somebody who, you know, just doesn't go for it. And in the, in the point, case in point, the character who played Christian, which was sort of Cher's love interest, he did not do a heck of a lot after, after Clueless. You know, he did like, he did a movie called Humanoids from the Deep in 1996. Uh, he did a few movies. And then the last one he did, like, like movie movie was Takeout 2005. Then he did a bit of a short in 2010 and hasn't acted since. So, you know, some people, they get long careers and some people, they don't. 
So it is what it is. It is, uh, you know, a team kind of rom-com set in the 1990s. Now, <laughs> as I said at the start of this interview, uh, or start of this review, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Russ, I bought this, you know, Blu-ray way back in 2012. Should I upgrade? Well, uh, looking at all the special features, and there is quite a few in this one, you do get Clue or False, a trivia game, which you can play as you watch it, and then it takes score <laughs> of how you do. I, I forgot about that and didn't play as I was watching it, so I can't tell you what score I got, but hey, feel free to tweet your score if you actually do it. Uh, then it's Class of 95, look at the cast that are now, and that's where it's really eerie in that they filmed, they did a 10-year anniversary in 2005, so that was four years before Brittany Murphy died which is kind of freaky when you think about it. You have creative writing with his director, Amy Heckerling. You have a uh, feature on the fashions, Fashion 101, on the language they spoke, uh, a suck and blow tutorial, and no, you dirty-minded people, it's not what you think it is. Uh, a thing on Driver's Ed, uh, uh, one on Weird History Stories from the cast and crew, and then two trailers. Now, these for 25th anniversary, I was a little disappointed that they didn't do any... Uh, further extras than what we got eight years ago. It is exactly the same. The extras. Now, you do, this time, do get a digital copy of the movie, so if you're wanting one and you didn't get one, you can get one this release, because the previous one didn't have it. So, if you want just to get a digital copy, you can get it for that. I mean, but if you haven't got... If you didn't buy Clues on Blu-ray before, and, you know, it's been eight years, and it may be hard to find, then this is probably your best version to get, because not only do you get the exact same extras from before, but you also get a digital copy of it in addition. So there you go. Overall, it is what it is. It did kind of launch Alicia Silverstone's career uh, when it came to this movie, because after this one... I mean, she did a little bit before this, but this one led to Batman and Robin, which you can debate how much you like that movie, you know, and it is what it is, but, it, you know, it did do some decent money, and it did kind of propel her into still acting today, and she still is acting today. I mean, you know, and what, what's really cool is coming up, hopefully sometime in 2020, but with the global pandemic... Who knows? The last thing she is slated for, she just did the Babysitter's Club TV series. But the next thing up on her, on her docket, and I'm really curious to see this, because frankly, I'm, 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 um, I'm curious to see, you know, what she does with this. And this could be the very thing that Kevin Smith has been talking about. It's Masters of the Universe Revelation. Uh, a TV miniseries. Now, IMDb lists episodes like it's done, but also lists that's in pre-production. So, she is supposed to be in this, the the voice of Queen Marlena, which is, you know, He-Man, Prince Adam's mom, which is very interesting. And I, I'll be very curious to see that when that gets released, how well she does uh, with voice work, and if it matches, how well it matches the, how she's drawn. So, that's kind of cool. Um, so yeah, that's what's next for her, and that's something I will more so check that out than try to track her down in the Babysitter's Club or anything she's done recently. So there you go. 
Um, that is that. So, and if if I do get a chance to watch that Ramblers, I will more. I'll make an effort to review it on the show because we all know how the recent Shira reboot did a Netflix, and how that has not been taken very kindly by the uh, people who really love the original eighty show. So, and and Kevin Smith has been saying, no, it's not going to be like that. So, proof is in the pudding, Mr. Smith. We shall see. So that is my take of, oh, and overall, yeah, so if you're looking for, you know, just like a little bit of nostalgia, and you haven't picked this up, yeah, then give this a try. It's a nice glimpse into what teenagers used to be back in the day. So that is my take of Kalula's 25th anniversary edition on the Blu-ray. Here you see the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Looking out a dirty old window Down below the cars in the city go rushing by yeah, I sit here alone and I wonder why
on DVD review for this episode is Curb Your Enthusiasm, the complete 10th season, courtesy of HBO Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment provided me the free copy of this DVD release to review on my podcast. The opinions I share are my own. Now, you know, I'm a little late to discovering Curb Your Enthusiasm because I had heard about this show for years, but I never really was able to get any copy sent to me until recently. And I did review season nine of this show uh, a few episodes back, so look through the archives and you'll find that. And I was always kind of interested in the show because the show stars Larry David as Larry David. And if you don't know the name, you've seen his stuff before. Larry David was one of the co-creators of Seinfeld. And I think the character of George is kind of based on Larry David. Just, you know, shrink Larry David and make him a little bit, you know, fatter and you have George. And, and that's one of the things that's kind of appealed to me, and it almost makes me want to go back and watch earlier seasons, is that a, you can see a lot of George in watching Larry. You can see a lot of things that George did that go, yeah, Larry David would have done that <laughs> in this. And I don't know if, if, if Larry is just exaggerating certain things of his personality to, to, for comedic purposes on the show, or he is really like that. But it is an interesting perspective. And as a man who, you know, enjoyed Seinfeld, I have all the seasons in DVD. I've had those for quite some time. Watching this show is kind of like watching, let's uh, say, like an episode of Seinfeld without, without Jerry. <laughs> that, that's that's kind of what it is. In season 10, uh, the, the main arc for this story is that the, it starts, it starts what, what kicks off season 10 is that Larry is in a, a coffee shop. And and uh, called a Mocha Joe's, and and while he's eating coffee there, he he discovers that you know the coffee is too cold and the table is kind of wobbly, and and he gets upset about it, and and what he decides to do because he's rich and he could do this, he he decides to open up a spite store right next door to Mocha Joy Joe's selling coffee and make sure that the coffee is always warm and that the tables aren't wobbly. And like any kind of Seinfeld thing, that decision comes back to bite him in the butt later. And and that's always been the kind of thing when, when it comes to this kind of humor. It's always like you do something, and then later it's like, yeah, because you did that, that happens. So that's kind of the, the thing. Is, is So the whole 10 season is him opening up this spite store. So around that, we still have the regular cast of regulars join it, such as Jeff Garland, Susie Espin, Cheryl Hines, J.B. Smooth, and Richard Lewis come along. And then, of course, back in his guest stars, we have Ted Danson, Isla Fisher, John Hamm, Clive Owen, and Vince Vaughn. So so that's a, a fair amount of scenes. You also have one of the actresses from Broad City is in this particular season so uh, quite a few guest stars and it's really weird to see richard lewis in this because man is he aged <laughs> a lot i recently was watching an old uh late night anniversary special on youtube like the sixth anniversary of the show and watching richard lewis then he's like younger he's manic he did a bit for the anniversary walking back and forth on stage and he, he had so much energy and and you watch him now and it's like Oof, yeah, he's a much lower tone, but it's still there. So you have a lot of that uh, happening. It is an HBO show, so consider that 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 is HBO. So there, it's still not a program to watch around kids because there is some adult content in it. 
uh, you know, adult situations and language, you know, the F-bomb gets dropped a number of times. And I've probably stated in the, the previous season, it's a weird way to see Ted Danson. Because Ted Danson essentially plays himself, <laughs> and you're like, how much is, again, like with Larry David, Ted Danson played himself, or just an exaggerated version of himself. But it's, it's, it's funny, in the, in the theme song, is still very catchy when it comes to that. So you have, you have that, um, and it, it's very, you kind of, if you like Seinfeld, you'll find this funny kind of thing. Now, for special features, all you get is is a blooper reel with Larry David who who just cracks, he just <laughs> just um can't he cracks up. So goose. So so it's a gag reel with Larry David messing up lines for everybody else, essentially. That's it. No no inside episodes, no behind the scenes or anything, which is a bit of a disappointment when it comes to that. I love their commentary on some of these episodes, too, because if you ever listened to commentary in the old Seinfeld episodes, those are really funny. And, and he does make some Seinfeldian references here and there. And so it is a, it is a funny season uh, when it comes to that. Uh, overall, if you liked it, it's, it's one of these shows that I even found with season nine. You don't necessarily have to know what happened before. Uh, when it comes to that, although sometimes it does make references to previous episodes, it, it is what it is. It, it's it's Larry David is a very interesting character, <laughs> and, and the show has some generally funny moments in it. But it depends if that's your type of humor. Like I said, you don't like Seinfeld humor, you probably won't find the show funny. But it it was kind of like you know, to me revisiting the Seinfeld universe in a way, if you will. <laughs> well, when it when it comes to that, uh, so uh, that is my take of Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, courtesy the uh, the complete tenth season, courtesy the great folks at HBO Home Entertainment and Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
episode is Castle Rock, the complete first season, which was courtesy of my wallet. Now, uh, as I said, I, I have gotten received uh, Castle Rock season two, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. And, and I originally had bought season one a while back because I've always been a fan of Stephen King. I have been reading, watching Stephen King stuff since I was a bloody teenager. It's been that long. And, and I always try to, you know, catch what I can when it comes to this. I didn't see this uh, when it aired. When I saw it in, in a local retailer, I thought, man, I need to check this show out. So I had bought this ages ago. And then when I had a chance to get um, season two sent me, I thought, well, I got to go back. So before I talk about season two, let's roll back the clock a little bit and talk about season one. Now, this is, of course, set in the town of Castle Rock. Um, which Stephen King based many of his stories in, including Needful Things and a few others. And so it's said in that kind of town, and much like Derry in the Stephen King universe, the STU, um, <laughs> not a lot of things go right in Castle Rock. So this is what it is. And this story, it's a new story, but it's based on things that go on here. Because right at the start we have Shawshank and, and it's weird. Shawshank Redemption is one of those Stephen King movies. I have yet to see, I heard about it and I'm going like, wow, really Russ has been out for ages. No, I've yet to see Shawshank. Um, I have a buttload of Stephen King TV shows and movies in my collection, but it's one of those ones that I'd heard about, but I never had a chance to see. So, so that's in there. And so you have that as a reference and Alan Pangborn, who has been a hero uh, and many Stephen King novels set in Castle Rock is in this as well. But for the most part, this is not the Alan Pangborn character you would think. This is a kind of old, beaten down, weathered version of that character. So keep that in mind. Now, the, the story revolves around the, the character of the kid, played by Bill Skarsgård. Now, you're thinking Skarsgård. Where have I heard that name before? He's the younger brother of Alexander Skarsgård, who was Eric Northman in True Blood. So it's like, that's cool. Yeah, he's about, he's the, um, about a 14-year age difference between those two. And also you're thinking, wait, that his face. His face seems really familiar, and it should. 
because if you put some makeup on it, he was Pennywise in the new It movie. So there you go. So a really good choice for this character because then this character plays the kid, a character who's tall and lanky and, and very appropriate, I think, for the story. He's, he's a guy who gets discovered in, in the bowels of Shawshank who's been held prisoner for a long time by the the very soon-to-be former warden of Shawshank in this, <laughs> played by the, the great Terry Quinn. And it's one of these movies, it's kind of, TV show, it's kind of funny where it starts off and you're seeing, hey, that's 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 Terry Quinn. Cool, he's going to be in this. I really enjoyed him in Lost and a bunch of other things. <laughs> and then, sadly, um, his character, let's say, has a very hasty departure, uh, and and is gone from this. Uh, well, physically, is gone from this um, story for a good chunk of the episodes. Although you do get to hear him do a lot of VO work, so a lot of voiceover work. So although you don't get to see him a lot on screen, <laughs> you at least get to hear him. So it's an odd choice because like. Hey, there he is. No, there the character goes. And you're like, all right, it's going to be that kind of show. But that's that's typical Stephen King. So, King. So as we find out, Terry O'Quinn, sorry, not Terry Quinn, Terry O'Quinn. So starts off that the character, he plays Dale Lucy, the warden, has been holding this kid, played by Skarsgård, in the bowels of prison for years. And he gets suddenly discovered after, after, what happens to to the warden? So so this kid come well kid, but he's a tall lanky dude. But they call him the kid. So he gets pulled out of this little little prison, and and they have no record of him being there. Why he's being there? And when he comes out, the only thing he 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 says is the name Henry Deaver, right? Because he he's being very closed mouth, and and this. So he, he he says that name, and this calls into the, the one of the main characters of this whole thing, the character of Henry Deaver, played by Andre Holland. And it's another character thinking, hey, you know, where have I seen this guy before? He seems vaguely familiar. And yeah, he played a character on The Nick, which another HBO show, which I have actually reviewed on this very program way back. So it's like, yeah, that I thought I recognized him. So he plays um, the character of Henry Deaver, who is a is who is a lawyer that's moved out of Castle Rock. And the background is that when Henry was very small, he he disappeared for a few days, and it's very mysterious how he disappeared. And around that same time, his adopted father, who's a was a local preacher, gets killed, and and Henry kind of <laughs> though they have no proof gets blamed for it. And Henry is like an African-American guy and is the, 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 the priest is white and, and his wife is white as well. Now his wife is played, Ruth is played by Sissy Spacek. And this is, I, you know, I haven't seen Sissy Spacek and anything in quite some time. And it was kind of cool to see her, you know, acting again. And, and it's a very interesting role for her because she plays a character that is not always there. Uh, Alan Pangborn is played by Scott Glenn, and he does a good job. And 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 Pangborn and Ruth Deaver, <laughs> this basic character, have uh, like a, a relationship in this. 
Now, and so throughout the whole 10 episodes, it's very much, it's like, why is this kid out? Why is this guy, why was he kept in prison? What kind of ties does he have to Jeffrey Deaver and this town? And why are things slow, like weird things happening as soon as this kid, the character is released from his little prison down there and 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 it's and the the look i mean if they wanted a creepy tall white guy for this skarsgård is great in this he just he gives that look on screen like that that blank stare that stares into your soul and there, there are times when he smiles and the times when he smiles you're like oh man what is going on in that character's brain and throughout the 10 episodes his origin, the why he's there is sort of explained. Near the end of the season, there's one episode where the whole show just kind of goes whoop, and it and it spins it around on your head, and you're like, "What the heck did I just?" And you're like, "You're questioning what the hell you just watched episodes before." Like, did I? Am I seeing the same show here? Did 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 is what? Did I rewind? You know, if this is like a videotape, did I just rewind myself and I didn't mean to do that? It's like, did I fall asleep and then did the tape rewind and now it's playing it again? <laughs> Moment in it, really. I mean, that dates me a bit, but that that's how I felt while, while watching it. It's very twisted. It's not for kids. <laughs> there are some really gory Stephen Kingy things, and they do reference a lot of things like Cujo. There's also a very interesting tie here uh, with one of the characters and the other characters around here is you have the character of Ma of um, <laughs> Molly Strand by, by Melanie Linsky and and she has a really odd connection with Henry Deaver and she has a an ability which almost seems like the shining but I don't know if it is in in that and it's a weird connection with it all so she's in that it's also a character introduced called Jackie <laughs> played by Jane Levy and she has a very interesting tie when it comes to other characters in the Stephen King the Stephen King universe that aren't in the show. But she mentions she's related to a certain character. You're like, well, that could be a payoff maybe down the road uh, with the show. Although, slight spoiler here, folks. I did watch a bit of season two. So far, right at the start, that payoff isn't there. But well, I'll let you know if it goes. But they hint at something. And this show, <laughs> the way the producers word it, it's, it's all designed to be in that town and that universe. But each season will have a different set of characters and a different stories, but still revolving around King, if you will. <laughs> there is something that happens to Pangborn at the end of the season and maybe I didn't watch it close enough or something but it's like when when did this happen and near the end too there's a bit of timey-wimey to quote a Doctor Who reference stuff revolving around Ruth which it's a little confusing if you will but maybe it makes more sense to you overall the the, the ending has a very chilling conclusion to it and and makes you wonder 
where they're going to go from here. Will they revisit this or will they put that off in like a good stew, let it sit and settle a bit? I like the performances by everybody. I think, you know, Skarsgård did great. All of them really worked well together. And, and I think it made for a very interesting show. And, and a lot of twists and turns, sometimes a little gory. So <clears throat> keep that in mind. Uh, when it comes to extras, you do get a fair bit <clears throat> with it. You do get, um, um, you get inside looks to each of the 10 episodes that are spread apart across, across the two Blu-rays. And you do get uh, a featurette of Castle Rock, Blood on the Page, and Clockwork Horror, which is the producers, and the producers of the show love to be on camera, who, who, who talk about how, how it was to put Stephen King's characters and stories to life and, and what went into it. It's nice and depth, no commentary and which is really weird and all behind the scenes stuff. No appearance. Although we see a lot of JJ and JJ Abrams does uh, part of this. You see no Stephen King on camera at all. Not even making a cameo, which he loves to do in a lot of his stuff uh, in this or like behind the scenes talking about them playing in his universe and stuff. It's really surprising. Maybe um, there'll be something like that in the extras for season two. Uh, when it comes to King talking about it, th there is a single extra and maybe King will be a part of that. I'm hoping he will. Um, but it's odd to see him sit this one out. Usually in anything that gets adapted from his work, you know, especially with the id stuff I watched a while back, he's usually, you know, uh, front and center when it comes to, or at least there, talking about his latest thing to be adapted for the screen, if you will. So <laughs> that's surprising. Maybe there's a story behind that. I don't know. Overall, it is a creepy show uh, when it comes to that. And it does feel like uh, a new a new story that ties with its own. There are some aspects of it that are hard to explain and, and, and the way it's shot, it is, it is a, a, a really good, creepy Stephen King story. Uh, it's nicely quoted that the tower, the town was made for terror. Yeah. And, and they do reference like Cujo's referenced and, and some other things. If uh, unfortunately, uh, maybe if you're more of a harder core Stephen King fan than me and you're more, your memory is fresher for some of the old stories, you may pick up some extras that I didn't see, but they're there. And and it is fun. I, I wish, again, I heard some King in the extras, and I wish there'd been some audio commentary in any of these 10. I like that they did behind-the-scenes look, short as they were for each episode, but, you know, I, I, I miss episode commentaries and shows, and that would have been a nice, even further insight into what's going on when it comes to that. And, and, and when it comes to season two, well, uh, let's just say... They they revisit another famous Stephen King character, and I've seen a few minutes at the first part of the second season, and it starts off just as "What the heck am I watching?" kind of show. But that's the way it goes. So that is my take of uh, Castle Rock, the complete first season on the Blu-ray, courtesy of my wallet. He's a real nowhere man sitting in. Nowhere, and making all its nowhere plans for nobody. Doesn't have 
audiobook reviews for this episode are two big Finnish productions, which are The Eighth Doctor in Doctor Who Stranded, featuring Paul McGann and Nicole Walker, and a Torchwood story, Torchwood Dinner and a Show, starring, starring two of the cast of Torchwood, which is Gareth David Lloyd and... Naoko Mori. So, young two um, two reviews for the price one, and I hope this will be the start of of more big finish reviews on this podcast. That's at the top of the show. I reviewed some some great dark shadow ones a while back, and and I always enjoyed um, the the full cast audios of uh, Big Finish, and I hope this is the start of more to come. So, these two releases are part of the uh, past June releases. Uh, of the show, and I, I think they're really great places to start. We're going to start things off first with the Doctor Who release, so I'll give you two for the price of one of them. We'll move on to Torchwood, since, you know, Torchwood is a spin-off of Doctor Who. <clears throat> if you didn't know that, you're, you're low on your Who history. So, in this uh, eighth Doctor adventure, and I have listened to a few in the past, but it's been a while, this finds Doctor and his companions this time around, uh, these are two new companions to me, anyway, and his companions of Liv and Helen. Now, in a way, the, so the Doctor and uh, Liv Chenka, played by Nicola Walker, and Helen Sinclair, played by Hattie Morhan. And, and this story finds the Doctor and his companions stranded in 20th century Earth, with the TARDIS pretty much being dead in the water. And this is a very interesting concept because there's been a lot of times where the Doctor has been trapped on Earth. If you go back to his third incarnation, the, the Time Lords for a while exiled him <coughs> to Earth, but they didn't stop the TARDIS from working. He couldn't take off anywhere, but he could still get into it and use it, and it was just, you know, kind of like a carjack stuck on it. In this story, due to the events of the previous stories... Um, that that occurred uh, from Big Finish, and and you know the hint that there was something big, the 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 TARDIS was forced to crash land in present day Earth, uh, in England, and and they kind of get stuck there because it it's it's pretty much just a police box and it's it's not responding, so for for the longest time, <coughs> the Doctor gets stuck on Earth but without access to a sonic screwdriver or any kind of earthy technologies, and his crew have to live life on Earth as just ordinary humans. And for the Doctor, it's, it's, kind, of like, it's kind of like taking Sherlock Holmes and saying, okay, you can't do any detective work. You just try to live life as a normal person. And, and it's an interesting concept because he's never really been forced and anytime he tries to like investigate or something the police is like we appreciate you trying to help but bugger off <laughs> we don't want your help and that's and that's not what the doctor's used to you know the doctor's used to being the thick of it and and you know being right in with all the action and and he's basically being told no let it go so so a good chunk of these four stories and this Stranded is sold as a box set. A lot of the few re past releases from Big Finish are being released as sets. So what I'm talking about now is the set of Stranded. And in Stranded Series 1, <clears throat> you get not only... It's not just one story. You get four stories. So it's almost like uh, an old Doctor Who story where you have four different chapters. 
So in this one, you get um, the four stories are uh, first one is Lost Property, then Wild Animals, each written by different writers. Then it's uh, Must See TV and then Divine Intervention. Now, now, what's interesting about this story, what really intrigued me as, as a good kind of jumping off point for more big finish with the Doctor, not only does it have the Doctor and his latest eighth Doctor and his latest two companions, but it also features, in a bit of an extended cameo, um, Tom Baker as the curator. Now, if you know your Doctor Who, you know that the curator is a character that was first introduced in the Whoverse way back in the Matt Tennant era uh, as Tom Baker doing that role. And it was always an interesting part for Tom because it's like, it almost, it's like, what if to me, and this is how I interpret it, you can interpret it how you want, but it always comes off to me, what if there was an alternative Earth, say, version of the Fourth Doctor that, instead of regenerating to Peter Davidson, never did, and and just got older, and but still had all the memories of his previous incarnations, and somehow had knowledge of this the, the version of the doctor that went on <laughs> to be the eighth but but isn't that doctor it's it's a very interesting role uh the way they portray him and that's that's my interpretation so he's in the story for the for the early part of it he's more of an extended cameo i was hoping to hear more from tom baker so for all you fans out there to like want to hear more like i did no, sadly, it's just a bit of an extended cameo. He's there for a little bit, and then he's kind of gone. So it's still cool to hear him. Uh, and and as the story goes, it starts off, you're thinking, well, this isn't much of a sci-fi story. It's pretty much just the crew trying to deal with living in the ordinary and in his two um, companions trying to adjust to present-day Earth. Because one companion is from the future, and the other companion is from a completely different planet. So life to them in, 20th, in 21st century Earth, you know, 2020, is not something, you know, relatively very familiar with. So that's it. So a lot of the first bit of it is just the Majestic saying, where's all the sci-fi? You know, it's Dr. Ho. Where's sci-fi? So you got to be patient. It, it, as these stories progress you do get more of it. You know, it, it does, you do, it does become more sci-fi and, and, and it's like, well, okay, you know, there's something going on here that maybe the doctor should be concerned about rather than just restoring his TARDIS to a working time capsule again. And, 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 and that, um, that, that also does lead into series two, which is going to be released later on a few months from now. And and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I it really said something. I mean, it was kind of nice to you know to I, I said it's been a while since I listened to the Eighth Doctor, and I was a bit of at a disadvantage, in a way because the companions he have now they've been with him, uh, since about they joined the Eighth Doctor around the year 2014 2015. You know of our our time, so they've been doing adventures with the Eighth Doctor for quite some time. So you can tell. You know, they've been around him a while. They've had some wild adventures, that sort of thing. So maybe, you know, 
for you longtime Big Finish people out there, you know, you'll maybe get a, a better appreciation for what they go through than I. But as a man who just, you know, coming back to this, it didn't take me too long. And what's also interesting about this, and I believe this is a first for anything Doctor Who, and I, you know, I like the way they did this. They could have done this in a way on 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 the the TV show, but I fear if they'd done it on the TV show, they would have smacked you over the head with it too hard to make a point. Uh, one of the new characters that gets introduced in in this season is the um the um the uh, character of Tanya, played by Rebecca Root. And and what's interesting is that this character of Tanya she plays a transgender character. She plays a woman, or um, I believe a man, who's somebody in transition. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just not me listening to this properly. I don't know which way it's going. I think it was a man transitioning into a woman, I believe. I could be wrong. And, and that serves as a love interest. For one of the companions, and that's kind of cool. And and in fact, the act, the 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 person, the part is an actual transgender person. In reality, it's not just a part they're playing. And I believe that's that's a first for Doctor Who. And I like the way they did it because unlike some of the the recent episodes of of the Wookiee Doctor, they're not. It it it's a very natural relationship. It's not smacking you over the head. It 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 seems a very natural kind of mutual attraction thing, and and uh, and I think that's the way it needs to be done. You don't need to shove things down people's throats. Not excuse the pun. I don't mean it in that way. But you you, you but if it's done subtly like that, then it then it works. Also in this episode, a really good supporting cast. A lot of the the voice actors are great. There is another there's a there is a guest actor in the show that has appeared. On other who's played a part in the Who verse before, and that is the actor Tom Price. And if you know your Doctor Who, you'll know what other show he used to be a star of. And he makes a guest appearance in this one and has a role. And it's very interesting to see that tie in to this eighth Doctor. Because keep in mind, people, this eighth, eighth Doctor if we go by, you know, current continuity, has not experienced certain things that the ninth and the 10th and doctors after him that have experienced. And that comes into play in these stories. And that's kind of cool. So you get that. And, and one of the things that's always impressed me with big finished productions, and they still do this, and I think it's terrific. Not only do you get these four stories, but for each story, you get behind-the-scenes interviews with the cast and crew of each of the stories. So that's cool. Uh, so you get that for each of the one, and they go into, you know, writing it and appearing on it and all that kind of stuff. And that's great that, with that. I really, you know, I love that kind of uh, attention to detail when they do that. Also, in addition to that, if that wasn't enough, you also get... Uh, isolated tracks from the score of these episodes. So you also get the soundtrack along with this purchase. So you really gain a lot of bang for your buck when you get this. You're not, you're not just getting an audio story. Heck no. You're getting 
behind the scenes, and you're also getting music from said show. So that's really cool, and and the, the interviews are really done, and and I really, you know, enjoyed watching that, and it really makes me want to go back and listen to some of these previous adventures with 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 these two companions to get a really feel of the relationship uh, when it comes to that. Uh, and 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 these, you know, so so that is that it. So it's a really fun story uh, for somebody like me who has not, you know. Listen to an Eighth Doctor adventure in quite some time. Um, it, it's fun. It's a really fun story, and Paul McGann is as good as I mean, he really is is done well with this. And I, it doesn't look like he has any signs of wanting to stop doing these adventures, and that's cool. I really appreciate that. So that was Stranded, and it's very different. I, I like that take. It's a very different story, and don't worry, sci-fi people. It it you know. It doesn't just, it's not, it doesn't stay. For all you guys are concerned, it doesn't, it doesn't become the doctor doing up kitchens. <laughs> I love that quote. One of my favorite lines of this is, I'm the doctor. I don't do up kitchens. <laughs> and, and that's, I like that. It's, 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 it's the, the concept of seeing the doctor being forced to be a, a, a landlord to people and forced to interact with people because he doesn't have a choice is, is a nice unique concept to a story that we haven't seen before. And, you know, unlike other stories, he doesn't have an out where he can just say, Oh, I'm done here. I'm going to hop in the TARDIS and I'm gone. He's stuck. And it's not often you see the doctor stuck and and I think that really, really be, becomes an interesting thing. And yeah, I, you know, <laughs> the doctor doing up kitchens. There, there's a reality show that I don't think anybody's really asking for. Although, you know, a one-off would be funny. But yeah, it's, it's, it's. Um, I'm always intrigued to see the doctor put in in some in a new situation, and and this. Is is a a refreshing change to the character, but it still remains a Doctor Who story, and and that's what we all listen for. Now, from there, we're going to move to the Torchwood release. Now, I uh, you know I the I I haven't seen like uh, Torchwood was one of those shows, and for all you fans out there who maybe don't, you say Torchwood, what the heck is that? I'll give you a brief history. Torchwood started, you know, right near the start of, of the Doctor Who revival, right around the time of the ninth, tenth Doctor, and, and started as a spinoff. The name actually came from, because when the show was being produced in the early years, the, the producers of Doctor Who were so worried about stuff leaking that when they would send off footage to be... Um, to be, you know, edited and stuff, and he sent it around, they they changed the can, they labeled the cans Torchwood, which is an anagram for Doctor Who, if you change around the letters, to throw people off from from trying to, you know, get, to find out what's going on with the show, to, to spoil it for, for people before it actually aired. And that's where the name came from. And Torchwood, the, the show, ran for two seasons, and then they did a, a special... But it's had a, a a good life here at Big Finish, and I hadn't listened to a release in ages. Now, what's interesting about this 
Torchwood release, much like the Doctor Who one, is it, it, it again highlights something which we haven't seen before. This time around, you know, and we don't have the full crew. It is not Captain Jack in this one. We don't have... Um, we don't have um, the the other supporting cast members. They're not in this. This this no Owen or um, or or Gwen. You th- this story revolves around two characters, which they admit in the behind the scenes haven't had a lot of time with just the two of them together. That is the um, the characters of um, of, Ga- of Gareth David Lloyd who plays Yanto, and the character of. Um, Tashiko Sato, played by Naoko Mori. And unlike the Doctor Who uh, release, which has a pretty long cast list, this one is basically just those two actors, along with John Rutledge and Rise Ap William. And that's it. It's a very small cast. And the story is is kind of neat. It, the story revolves around the Valentine's Day. And in this story, um, in this story, uh, Toshiko uh, is, is, is gone to attend a theater in the area uh, for Valentine's Day, a show. And, and she's attended, and while she's waiting for Owen to, to meet her, and if you know Torchwood, Owen and her had a very on-and-off relationship. And at this point in the history, it's on, but it's always been rocky. And if you know Torchwood, so she's waiting for Owen to show up at this dinner, like a performance, a performance at a, a theater and a show, and and she gets she meets up with Ianto, played by Gareth David Lloyd, and along for the history of Torchwood, Ianto's character had a thing for Jack, Captain Jack Hartness, because as we all know, if you know your Torchwood, Captain Jack kind of swung both sides of the fences, and and Ianto was very much you know preferred man. And 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 if you know Captain Jack played by uh, Barrowman, he was very much you know <laughs> a hard guy to 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 want to have a relationship with because he was always here there everywhere and and this point in the show, uh, in this point in the series when we do this this dinner in the show for the big finish, Captain Jack is once again gone to the wind and they have no idea when he's coming back and that happened a lot. So they're both kind of find themselves dateless in Valentine's Day and stuck in the show. And it wouldn't be a Torchwood show if nothing happened. So Yanto uh, joins Toshiko because he's picking up some weird alien readings in the area and feels maybe a lot of un- undocumented aliens, like aliens like out of space aliens, not illegal aliens like from the country in the theater. And if you know Torchwood, the show was basically designed, Torchwood is like an old organization that tracks aliens, like extraterrestrials coming to earth and make sure they're not to no good. Really kind of like an, like a, a, a secret organization based out in Cardiff. So that's their thing. And, and their base was around uh, space anomaly if you will. So they discover that there's an aliens here. Then they discover that the aliens that are here, let's just say the doors get locked in the theater and there are plans that only those two can work the thwart. And, and the big guns like Owen and Gwen and Jack 
are nowhere to be found. And so it's up to these two to save the day. And it's it's as, as much as an adventure story. And it's, it's a nice little look into these two who previously, and they, that's it, they admit this in the behind the scenes, have not had a lot of screen time together as just those two. It's been a few episodes here and there, but, and it, and it, you know, it's interesting to listen to this audio and explore their, their relationships. Owen's, uh, Tashiko's with Owen and Yentl's with Jack and how they kind of mirror each other and they're both attracted to men which are aloof, aloof and, 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 and hard to get a hold on when it comes to that. And, and, and the characters work well together. This was written by, by the, the, the character who plays Yanto and you can tell that it's written by a person who knows the characters. And as always... With when it comes to the big finish off for both productions, Doctor Who and and Torchwood, the audio it's full cast. There, the, the audio effects, music is terrific. Really immerses you. I'm a big fan of full cast productions. I think it's like a radio show, in, you know, in your head, and it and it really works well. And I found even after years of not watching Torchwood and and listening to this audio, it really makes me want to. I have like the first season somewhere in my collection. And I, if I look hard enough, I can probably find the second. Maybe I just want to look back and rewatch Torchwood again because it was a really darn good show, and but just, you know, didn't have the 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 staying power that that the new Who has, and and it, it, you know it makes you want to revisit it again. Really, overall, a fun show. I mean, if you haven't watched Torchwood, all you have to do to listen to this is just know the relationship. Uh, between the two people, and and it's still a very exciting drama. And and keep in mind, both of these, it is somewhat adult content. We're not talking. There are some things that that may not be totally appropriate for children to listen to. Keep that in mind. It's up to you um, how squeamish you think you want your kids. Because there are some, especially the Torchwood one. There's things happen to people. It's like. Wow, that'd be interesting just to mind picture that. But overall, uh, a fun release, much like with the Doctor Who one. You you do get uh, a chance to hear the behind the scenes with that as well. Although you don't get as big a, a musical score uh, selection with the Torchwood release as as with um, with the um, with the with the stranded and it's only one big story as opposed to a story broke up in multi parts. Either way though, it is really fun. And and as I said, there are there are some adult material, so the do warriors aren't suitable for younger viewers, and it is to that certain extent when it comes to Doctor Who. And keep in mind Torchwood was never designed as a children's show. Even the T V show, it's a little adult by nature, so even though it's related to Doctor Who just got to keep that in mind uh, when you listen to it. Overall, uh, a nice kind of dip back into the Big Finish pond for me. I really enjoyed these two. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, Ramblers, if you have a chance to listen to this, tell me what you think. Um, and and, and, if, and if you, and I'll throw this out to y'all, if you can think of, 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 of other kind of ways, uh, other Doctor stories from Big Finish to get, a, you know, a jump on to the Eighth Doctor or the Torchwood Gang, Feel free to, 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 to tweet me that. Uh, tweet it to my to my Twitter account and let me know and let us know of you know maybe other suggestions 
that that people might have uh, when it when it comes to that air. And again, big thanks to um, big thanks to the great folks at Big Finish. Look forward to working with them more. So that is my take of of uh, both Stranded um, series one and uh, featuring the Eighth Doctor and Torchwood dinner and a show. All courtesy of the great folks at Big Finish Productions. It's going to wrap things up for this edition of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You can always check out my Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me. I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the retweets and likes on Twitter. Keep in mind, any kind of, you know, cover art or show announcements, I generally post on Twitter. So keep an eye on there. And of course, contest giveaways as well. A uh, big shout out as well to my last contest winner of the giveaway of Trolls World Tour. I just got a notification. Um, I got an email uh, between uh, uh, shortly before the uh, greatest program, between the last program and this one, that he that they, they did receive their copy of Trolls World Tour. So that is terrific. It's that easy, folks, to win things from me. Whenever I have a giveaway, just listen to what I asked to win it, and you can win something for me and whoever is buying the giveaway. So I want to do more of these. So keep listening. You, you can win stuff for me if you just take part. It's that easy. All I ask. Of course, you can check out all new episodes right here in the Talk Shoe Network. I'm show caller ID 184411, and I encourage you to place a review on that page. Uh, that's all new episodes here. Of course, older episodes are still at my original website, Libsyn. That's HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, rambling Russ, R-I-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S dot Libsyn. That's dot L-I-B-S-Y-N is in November. Dot com as original home on your net where I have over eight plus years ish of shows, including a lot of old interviews and convention coverage. You can find them right there, and um, you can also find older shows as well listed through iTunes under podcasts and any newer shows listed through Google Play and Spotify and many other uh, podcast directories across the world wide web. Just type in my name, show name, and you'll find a lot of them scattered on the web. Also, I do have a Facebook page if you care to visit that. And I just started a Instagram page. Yes, I did. So look for me on Instagram. It's not often I do the gram. I just started it. Uh, nothing is posted there, but feel free to follow me on Instagram. I am Ramble with Russell on Instagram. Look me up, give me a follow, and maybe I'll try to gram some stuff in the near future, I'm giving it a try. And if you follow me, I will follow you on Instagram. So give that a try. That is it for this episode. I got a lot of stuff coming up in future episodes of the show. Just had the fine folks at Warner Brothers Entertainment send me a new copy of Scoob on Blu-ray. The latest version of Scooby-Doo on Blu-ray that almost <laughs> made it to the theater. Of that for you in the next show. As well as I said, Castle Rock Season 2. I should be able to get through that uh, before the next episode. Uh, also from the good folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. As well, uh, I will get you my review of the, uh, the complete 23rd season of South Park on Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. And I did get a nice book from the great folks at DK, 
which is the Batman, uh, another Lego book from Gigabus DK. It's Batman versus the Joker, uh, courtesy of DK Publishing, with some really nice little minifigs. Uh, that review for our next episode of the show. And I might get through Doom Patrol Season 1 sometime soon. That's courtesy of my wallet. Season 2 just premiered. So it's one of those DC shows that we can get around to and talk about because I talk about quite a few DC shows here. Uh, keep in mind, I am hoping to get sometime in the near future uh, a copy of um, The Outsider on uh, Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Entertainment. That should be coming away soon. Another Stephen King adaptation, which oh, I did get a chance to read the book first. So that's cool. That's all coming up on future episodes of the show. And um, yeah, I'm going to try to bring more more content to this. Also as well, uh, as I mentioned at the top, um, uh, my interview with the great Dr. Rebecca Housel as we talk about uh, all things the uh, pandemic and Hollywood and what may and may not be happening in the world of entertainment. She gives a very interesting perspective on that. And... Yeah, you. It's it's a nice new take on it. It's been ages since I talked to her, so it was a really fun conversation. Look for that in an upcoming episode of Extra. The next one, probably next week, will be part two of Mike. Although I might throw in Rebecca there as well too. And uh, I did record that video wise through Zoom. So I now keep in mind when that does air. I did have a little bit of uh, mic issues with that, which I have, I know to fix for the next time. I did try to correct the best I can. So just her side sounds fine. Mine's a little rough, but I did try to fix the best I can. I did record that through video. So in the new future, and I'm, I'm considering this, I might, uh, make a YouTube channel and throw that on YouTube as well. So keep in mind, if I do do a YouTube channel, I will post a link to that on Twitter. So keep watching. And I hope you check it out. It was, it was, you can see the, uh, you know, see the review, not just hear it. Now, so I'm, I'm exploring YouTube. We'll see what comes to that. But y'all will be the first to know. That is it for me. I have talked enough on this show. And we'll catch you next time right here on Round with Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.